0: Blue Hill Consolidated School, featuring the works of 40 accomplished fine Maine craftsmen, demonstrations, and locally harvested food creations. Pictures and more information are available at BlueHillFineCraftShow.com. Living creatures and all plants are a benefit to something. Certain animals fulfill their purpose by definite acts. The crows, buzzards, and flies are somewhat similar in their use, and even the snakes have a purpose in being. From Okuté, Teton Sioux, 1911. Good morning, everyone. I'm Rob McCall. This is the Awanajo Almanac, a collection of natural and unnatural events, rank opinion, and wild speculation devoted to feeling at home in nature and breaking down the wall of hostility between us and the rest of creation. And this is the Almanac for the new Sturgeon Moon. So here are some natural events for this quarter moon. Heliotrope as it's called around here, is in bloom with its six-foot tall fluted stems, tinted red at the nodes, pinnate leaves and clusters of aromatic white flowers with a slight tinge of purple. It's another of the sweet, sweet presentations of summer. Botanists agree that this plant is not a heliotrope at all but rather valerian, valeriana officinalis, from which the highly effective herbal concoction valerian root is drawn. Its pharmaceutical approximation is Valium, a widely used muscle relaxant and antidepressant. With no knowledge of either the herbal or the pharmaceutical applications of this stately plant, it seems to your commentator that the sinfully rich aroma alone confers an intoxicating sense of joy and well-being to the point that I begin to feel a little bit guilty just walking near a stand of this plant. I find myself stooping down surreptitiously and inhaling forcefully, then looking around to see if anyone has noticed. Soon I'm losing my train of thought, staring at the bright summer sky and feeling the day's plans slipping away while I'm hypnotized by the voluptuous odor, the healing balm of summer. Perhaps to compensate for this pleasure, Mother Nature is presenting us with hordes of earwigs. These flat, red-brown nocturnal creatures, some nearly an inch long with an elongated abdomen, ended with a pair of fierce, crescent-shaped pinchers. Well, they look a little like a large ant designed by, say, Salvador Dali or Stephen King. And when we move anything outdoors, the earwigs come pouring out in droves. I swore for many years that uh, earwigs did not bite or sting, and that conviction ended abruptly not too long ago when one got under my clothing and gave me a couple of good pinches and hidden places. So, yes, they infest our houses and yards. Yes, they move fast. Yes, they act like cockroaches. Yes, they pinch. They swarm in hordes. They leave dusty droppings and a foul odor. But they also have their holy purpose for being here and their essential job to do, even if we haven't the faintest idea what it is. Further, they are only with us for a brief two months, and most wonderful of all, we have it on very good report that, unlike other social insects, and unlike even some human beings, for that matter, earwigs care for their young. That's right. The female guards the eggs, watches over them until they are hatched, and until they are big and nasty enough to fend for themselves. So you have to admire them for that. So yes, I may heartlessly vacuum one up every now and then or flush one now and then instead of catching it and putting it outdoors as we do with the more honored insects. But I can't bring myself to squash them no matter where they appear. Call me sentimental if you like or squeamish or you can just write to awanajoalmanac at gmail.com to tell us what you do with earwigs. Here's a saltwater report. Eider ducklings are scurrying about under the watchful eye of their mothers. The male eiders now become absentee fathers by moving out to deeper water while the mothers and young stay closer to shore, feeding on mussels and diving to avoid the swooping attacks of hungry eagles and ospreys. Young harbor seals are growing fast and turning from their infant blonde and spotted coloration to a darker, sleeker brown. On the gravel shore at our camp on Cobbs Cook Bay I found the forla- l- forlorn cranium of an unfortunate infant seal with the soft folds of its brain molded on the inside of the skull where the wisdom of the great waters was once cradled. And finally, here's a seed pod for you to carry around with you this week from John Muir. Nature's object in making animals and plants might possibly be first the happiness of each one of them, not the creation of all for the happiness of one. Why should man value himself as more than a small part of the one great unit of creation. And what creature of all that the Lord has taken the pains to make is not essential to the completeness of that unit, the cosmos? The universe would be incomplete without man, but it would also be incomplete without the smallest creature that dwells beyond our conceitful eyes and knowledge.